Oh my days, what is going on? Champions League quarterfinals, victory over City, and much more. I am going absolutely bonkers. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast? Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women podcast. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Thank you to every single person that is tuning in, that's listening. I really, truly appreciate you. It's amazing to do these. It's a privilege to talk with you, and I never, ever take it for granted. And today, although I'm going to speak about, obviously, what I mentioned in the intro, I want to touch upon a few different things that I don't want to forget. And this is not written. This is not, uh, you know, rehearsed and certainly not scripted. So I hope that I... <laughs> that I uh, let my memory dictate a lot of uh, the vibe and the direction of this podcast. Specifically speaking about my memory, I want you to know that one of the reasons why I do this kind of podcast or the, the this podcast is the way that it is, it's because I do not have a good memory. A lot of different outlets out there allow for there to be dialogue in, in as in as it relates to match analysis, previous matches, you know, so and so happened the last time we faced that team, or you know, two years ago when we went to this, blah, blah. And I do not have that capability. Okay. So of course there there's a part of me that wants to be uh, different and, and offer something different. But also I have to raise my hands and admit that I cannot do the other stuff even if I wanted to. It's not that I choose to not be analytical or I choose to not, you know, talk about tactics. The reality is that I don't have a good memory and I'm not smart or knowledgeable as far as that. On the tip of lacking knowledge, so to speak, I do have to tell you that I started a blog. That blog is somewhat of a written version of this. It's called That Arsenal Women Blog, and you can find it at thatarsenalwomenblog.com. And the reason why I did that was to offer something different, something new, and for it to be, you know, a, a way for me to try to add value to the landscape that is Arsenal Women. And I love that there's so many things happening and uh, so many things going on in terms of podcasts, YouTube shows. Uh, shout out to Vic Akers Wonderland, a show that I really enjoy. And, you know, all this stems, and I, and I was talking to, to, to a friend of mine, about this, and I don't say his name because I don't know if it's okay uh, to mention that. But when I first started this podcast, I was looking at, at you know, trying to do a bit of, of, of research and due diligence and recon, and I didn't find many Arsenal women podcasts, right? And as a matter of fact, I had only heard or seen two of them. And I remember going online and trying to do more research and, and typing up some stuff. And one of those podcasts called themselves the best Arsenal podcast. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, well, it's not like there's a lot in, in how come you call yourself the best? You know, I thought it was kind of weird. So I just tried to offer something different. So if this is your first time listening, thank you. Welcome. Um, and please know that this is very subjective. Everything I say is backed by no real data. <laughs> it's just opinion-based. Uh, so that is the same thing that happens on my blog. Uh, it's a lot of different topics that relate to Arsenal, relate to women's football, and it gives me a, an avenue to 
jot down some things. And again, I will say that I am not a journalist. I am not a writer, a published writer. This is not what I do for a living, very far from it. But it's something that I really, truly enjoy. And if somebody out there like you can listen to this podcast and be like, you know what? I think I can do something better. And I'm a champion of that. And I would love to help you do it. I want it to be the same thing or I would like it to be the same thing on the blog side of things. So somebody reads what I say and they're like, well, this is this has typos and it's not properly edited. I think I can do something better. Then you're more than welcome to do it. And I encourage you to do it. It already for the past, I've done it, I think four days or so. I've already had so much fun and I have already been, you know, so consistent with it for myself. And it, it, it's also something that I'm doing for me. So I encourage you all to try it. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about the two games really quick. And I know it's it's hard to talk about them in a, in a quick manner. However, as I've said, at nauseum, this is not a match analysis type of podcast. But the win against Bayern was obviously extremely important because we came from behind. And Frida is continuing her ridiculous form of late and scored one of the best goals you'll ever see, and it was beautiful. And I do have to say that prior to the match, I was extremely confident, but at the same time, I was very much nervous, and I wasn't sure how I was going to cope watching the match. And thankfully, I was able to sort of therapeutically watch or not watch the match with uh, Sophie Nicolau, my dear friend from the Highbury squad, and none other than Shaban Arhen, which uh, is one of my favorite journalists and and somebody that I look up to and admire so very much. And to have been on the same show as both of them was lovely to get to talk to Shaban. And of course, somebody that um, in her, somebody that, that I look up to in terms of sort of not journalism, but just broadcasting and communications in general. And her eloquence and her sense of humor are something that I, I really love. But to all of us, uh, us three to be there while the game was going on and just kind of checking in the results here and there or the updates and somebody telling us what was going on in the chat, it was lovely. And I really appreciated. And I couldn't have picked better people to go through that first half with because the second half, we just kind of felt you know, a lot of, um, of confidence. And it was amazing. And it was lovely, lovely, lovely to see. What was not lovely was Katie McCabe <laughs> injured. That was awful. It was terrible. I wrote about it in the blog. I was very, 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 very concerned. And there is a difference between how we see a player's injury for ourselves and how we potentially see that injury for the player, right? And I think it's normal as a fan of a club to think instantly about how a certain player's injury affects the club. And this is very common, mostly in men's football, right? I don't know exactly how or why, and I'm not an expert in, in the subject, but definitely as a fan, I, I maybe I'm lacking empathy for men, but I definitely don't think about their feelings all that much. And it's not like I think that they can handle it more than women. Absolutely not. That that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's just that I care more about the, the women players than I do with the men from a from an emotional standpoint where I actually care about these people. And when I saw that Katie was injured, like everybody, 
we all thought not about Arsenal. We thought immediately about the World Cup and how we wanted her to be fit and how we need her to be healthy. And everything was sort of based around that in the news. And friends, when I tell you I couldn't sleep, I literally could not sleep. I woke up at like four in the morning or so and kept checking the Twitter, uh, nothing. And then I eventually woke up at around like 5.37, I think it was, that I wrote a blog article on. And I just couldn't take it. I kept refreshing the stuff and I heard a couple of things about her injury on Irish uh, media, uh, sort of kind of backwoods type of situation where I found a link to a link to a link and I found uh, an interview or not an interview, but something inkling about talking points of, of the manager that I thought was really interesting. And then she mentioned or she named the squad for the matches here in the US, uh, which I'm really excited about because I'm going to try to go to one of those. And it was just magnificent to see <laughs> that she wasn't going to miss the World Cup. And I got to tell you, I was not expecting her to start whatsoever. When I got, uh, you know, the game was at 4.30 in the morning here in, in, in L.A. So I usually wake up an hour before to at least get a peek at the lineup and then maybe go to bed for an hour or so if I can if I can do it. And when I saw that Katie was starting, my eyes just like lit up and I could not believe it. And I did actually go to sleep for, you know, a good 45 minutes. And it was amazing. I slept, actually slept deep sleep. It was lovely. And of course, no need to tell to talk too, too much about the match. It was very weird and crazy and amazing and good and awful all at once. Um, I thought whenever we face Bunny Shaw, any team faces Bunny Shaw, she's such a stellar player that that completely dominates. It's like Ada or something like that where, where they just completely, they're just the focal point and they're just so hard to stop. Uh, and that first goal proves it. I think we could have done better defensively, but that's neither here nor there. I but But again, I had confidence that we would get something out of the match. I wasn't like, there's no way we'll win this. I was convinced that we would get something out of it because of the spirit that the girls have shown in in recent times. It's just been unbelievable. And part of this conversation might have to do with, you know, the 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 absences of, of Viv and Beth and how other players have stepped up. I'm still not convinced that some players have stepped up the way they should have. But the resurgence, so to speak, of Katie and her protagonism is commonsensical to me. This is what she does, right? So the moment where, when Jonas dropped her and there was a blip in the team and we felt it, like I didn't understand what was happening and not a lot of people were understanding what was going on or what we were playing at or, and so on and so forth, it quote-unquote magically coincided with Katie not playing. So then Katie starts again a few matches and it's like the whole tide turns and we're a team again and we just look unbelievable. And I don't think, obviously, that they're unrelated. I think it's completely clear and obvious that you have to have a Katie McCabe, not a Katie McCabe, the Katie McCabe in every single match possible. And to the point of players missing, this is something that I found really 
really interesting uh, that I, I talked about a few months ago with um, a buddy of mine. His name is James Johnstone. He is a encyclopedia of Arsenal. He has an amazing, um, I mean, his breadth of knowledge of of all things Arsenal is just absolutely insane. He's just this encyclopedia and knows a lot about stats. And he's also a very cool um, communicator. He has a, a, a YouTube channel um, under James Johnstone Football. Um, but we were talking the other day on the Highbury squad about squad rotation and depth of, of, of a team and so on and so forth. And he was talking and he said something that blew my mind. How during the invincible season, right, this team that everybody knows in, in almost like in world football. But if you're an Arsenal fan, right, and, and you don't know this lineup by heart, which I'm going to go over, it's like you have a little bit of history to do, right? So you have Jens Lehmann on goal, you have Ashley Cole, Saul Campbell and Colo Toure, and you have Lauren on the right. Then you have the, a midfield compre- comprised of Patrick Vieira and Gilberto Silva. On the left, you have Robert Pires, and on the right, you have Freddie Lundberg. And up top, you have Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp, right? The reality is that that team played with that starting starting 11 only four times. Only four times, and they went in a, a whole season uh, unbeaten. So this, of course, it's not the same as every player missing at once, basically, like five-star players missing at once, because we have, you know, I don't know exactly what happened with Manu, but imagine Manu was injured. So you have Manu, you have Steph Catley, you have um, Kim Little, you have, you would have had Katie McCabe and then Viviana Miedema in, 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 in Beth Mead. It, it, it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely bananas. It's like on the men's squad currently, if you had Saliba missing, uh, Odegaard missing, Partey, forget if it's not position for position, but like Saka and, and Martin Odegaard or something like that. It's just absolutely crazy. So, of course, these players missing means that some players are stepping up. I don't think that all of them are stepping up the way that they probably could and should. Like, I still have doubts over Pelova. I still have doubts over Wu and Moy. Uh, and th- those are doubts that, that I don't think they'll necessarily go away. And it's not for me to, you know, be proven wrong or something like that. Like, I'm an absolute nobody. They're just players that I think that are not quite doing what, what they could be doing and... I personally am proven every single t- day that I have any sort of doubts that Jonas knows way more about the sport than I do, then I know absolutely nothing, you know, because there I was thinking that, uh, you know, we should have Leah in, in, in defense and we should have cool play in midfield. And that could have been a good option. It doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Jonas stuck with his feelings and his thoughts and his ideas and we won. So I know nothing. He knows everything. <laughs> The usual, okay? The absolute usual. Now we have the the monkey on our backs that is Chelsea. They keep winning. It's insane. I personally don't think that they have enough to beat a Barcelona, especially not at Camp Nou. Uh, and it would be really interesting to see the last few matches. Of course, we face them, the second-to-last match of the season. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Man United and all these all these things that are that are happening during this sort of run in of the season. And I'm excited, but but what I take 
from all of this, regardless of if we win the championship or not. To be in the conversation of top two, top three, with Beth and Viviana Miedema missing, with Steph Catley missing, who knows for how many more games, same with Kim Little, who we haven't really heard news about. It's just absolutely ridiculously good, and I'm so proud of this team. And I always hesitate to think about next season and next season and next season, but I got to tell you, and I'm probably going to post about this tonight or tomorrow, I am already looking forward to, to the headache that Jonas is going to have and seeing how he builds his his best 11 going forward for the next season. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate every single one of you and we'll speak again real, real soon. Again, www.arsenalwomenblog.com. I'll see you there every day.